0: It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine with net income on WebmasterRadio.fm. Your host, Jeremy Shoemaker, covers all the angles from contextual advertising, affiliates, donations, subscription, direct sales, pay-per-click, and more. Net income helps you get the most revenue using various streams of income.
1: More money, more money, more
0: money. Now, join your host as we bring on the blink,
2: Jeremy Shoemaker. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the January 16th edition of Net Income. I am your host, Jeremy Shoemaker, also known as Shoe Money, and with me, as always, is my guest, well, my co host, Andrea.
3: I'm here, hello.
2: Hello, Andrea, and with us today we have a special guest, Mr. Darren Rouse, the pro blogger himself. Darren.
3: Uh,
4: good day there, Jeremy, how are you?
2: <laughs> good day, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well.
4: That's great to hear. It's great to be with you. It's long last. It's been been a while, hasn't it?
2: I know we've been trying to work this out for a while and I'm glad you could finally come on because I know you have a lot of fans out there and uh we definitely had a lot of questions. So um maybe for for those who don't know uh exactly who you are, maybe you could tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself and how you got started.
4: Sure. I'm uh, living in Melbourne, Australia and I've been blogging now for about four years. I started out as a personal blogger as most bloggers do, just writing about life um, and all the different facets of, uh, of my life and interests and uh, I guess over that time uh, gradually got into experimenting with AdSense and uh, different advertising uh, systems on my blogs and uh, began to launch different blogs on different niche topics. Or niche topics, as you you Americans seem to like to call it, and uh, and from there sort of went full time with blogging gradually over over that that four years. So uh, these days I write on problogger.net dot net uh, uh, and one of the co-founders on B Five Media uh, blog network, and uh, yeah, sort of picking up different opportunities along the way.
2: Awesome, and so uh, I I know you also have a, a photography blog that you maintain. Seems to be doing That's pretty right. well. Pretty popular. did yeah,
4: digital photography school for um, the latest blog that I started, and I uh, have another one, digital photography blog. So, sort of just leveraging traffic across those two two different sites.
2: Awesome. Well, uh, Andrea, do you want to start in with the
3: questions? Sure, absolutely. Um, the kind of funny thing is, people think you guys kind of look alike, and. <laughs> So a, a comment on on Jeremy's blog actually. Want to know is it true that you'll be revealing today that you are long lost twin brothers? <laughs> um, no. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Wait, we, it was, was kind of
2: weird though. We we did actually. I had a daughter and and Darren had a son. I think about within a week's time of each other.
4: That's right. I had a few people comment about that and, and asked if if we were the same people if we'd been seen in the same room together, so uh
2: must be yeah. something in the genes. Yep. Go ahead, Andrea.
3: Okay. Question for Darren. How do you keep your ideas fresh? Um and on off days, what do you do to motivate your brain to produce something new? Um, for me I guess
4: On the off days, I'll start with that because I enjoy those. (laughs) I've rediscovered them recently. I became a bit of a workaholic probably about uh, 6 to 12 months ago and uh, more recently I've just um, been quite proactive about having time off and uh, so I've rediscovered novels and photography, although photography is now becoming more of a work thing, and I I guess just family time. So for me it's about keeping that that life balance. In terms of motivation, um, I set myself goals. Basically that's, that's the way I do it, um, at the start of each week I'll sit down and map out what I want to write that week um, with some titles and um, I'll actually sit down and write out um, on Monday mornings, I'll sit in a cafe for uh, most of the morning and just write um, and get a lot of, brain dump I guess, a lot of my ideas down onto, uh, onto my computer and uh, that becomes the basis for my posts for the rest of the week. So I sit down and and just plan out where the week I want to go with it um, on each of my blogs. And, uh, yeah, then it's just a matter of filling in the gaps as the week goes along.
2: Awesome. So um, do you do most of your writing, then, away from the house, like uh, at cafes and whatnot?
4: Yeah, I guess I divide my types of posts into two. Um, I do my how-to sort of um, evergreen sort of pillar posts, uh, as some people call them. I think Brian from Copyblogger st- wrote something this week on cornerstone content. Um, so I write that type of content that, that is uh, sort of how-to or tutorial-based on a Monday. Um, so I'll try and write five posts uh, for ProBlogger on a Monday morning and five for my digital photography school and uh, then the other type of posts I write during the week, just as it happens, is more news related or bouncing off people. So, you know, Jeremy, if you write something that um, I think my readers will find interesting, I'll, I'll have something up within a few minutes of you writing it if I can. So that's more of a d- during the week thing. So there's the two types of posts. And my different blogs um, major on, on those types of posts differently. So Digital Photography schools much more cornerstone content, whereas Pro bloggers is a blend of the two types.
2: So you really have to stay much more connected with the blogosphere, if you will, probably for a pro blogger. Yeah, I,
4: I, I'm living on Google Reader these days, um, just watching RSS feeds. Awesome. Mm.
3: So do you recommend uh, Google Reader then?
4: Or yeah, I've swapped over from Bloglines to Google Reader, and I found, I don't know, I just, perhaps it was partly just the change, um, gave me a bit of uh, renewed energy, but I, I find it Quite easy to use. Um, but either way, um, I, I like them both because it means when I'm traveling, I can um, log in from anywhere and see what's going on in the world. So it's a, a very good web based tool.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it, my blog just kind of started as, as more of a place to vent about um, just silly things. And, um, yeah. and, and it, it was a little bit over a year ago. and And then it was weird because some of the things I said and stuff people actually noticed and and like wrote back and were upset and whatnot and I was like oh wow you know it was just and then it just it just kind of evolved from there to to what has become now and it's and it's kind of weird. I kind of got caught up with it probably a couple months where I think I was trying to actually like write and force some posts out and stuff like that not be myself but more just write just to blog more and, and things like that and got a little off track but it's definitely been quite a learning experience for me, being that blogging was n- never something I uh, meant to take up much time or anything like that, and it just it just evolved too.
4: It can take a lot of time, can't it?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once,
4: you, once you get into it.
2: Yeah, I think especially if it's if it's not natural. Where, where to me, I'm, I'm back on more of a natural pace now, where I don't try to sit down and, and force myself to come up with something to write. I just, if something's hot on uh, on my mind or something, I'll just throw it out there, and. Um, and I kind of just put a lot of disclaimers that it 's my opinion and not necessarily fact now more than more than I used to so um, mm. but it 's definitely pretty interesting as your as your blog goes, and people actually start to read it
4: so yeah. and I think it, what you 've discovered is is really the key, and it 's one of the things I talk about a lot is is that natural way, so if you are the type of person who works best by sitting down and planning a schedule for the next week and and being quite proactive about going out to find topics to write about then then go with that style but if you 're someone who like yourself perhaps is perhaps a bit more impulsive and you write um, best when the ideas are just coming to you then then write that way and uh, it 's probably the best way to um, to grow a blog is just to work with your own rhythm and then your readership will begin to expect that so if if I um, Change my style, my readership would then be up in arms, um, and and so people are drawn to people who are like them. I think, and so uh, yeah, it's it's about finding your own style and, and your own voice.
2: Yeah, it's it is it is a really really wild thing. I, I've often posted about things I thought would drive people nuts, like uh you know I had weight loss surgery and I, I wrote about that and how it changed my life and when my child was born and you know and just how how that really impacted my life and I found more and people. With, Really, almost embrace those as, um, you know, it's like I didn't post something that was devastating on how to make a lot of money, you know, or something like that. But it was, yeah. it was more like just more about kind of me a little bit. So, um, yeah. and I noticed you paper do that as well.
3: People responded well for that.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, yep. All right, Andrea, next question.
3: All right. Well, I was just actually looking at Darren's blog and noticed that all he has really. Is Adsense on his blog for um, advertising? Is there any other way that you monetize your blogs, Any other ad network that you use? Yeah, for
4: me it, it varies from blog to blog, and that's that's something that I've slowly discovered over time that Adsense doesn't work well on every blog um, every topic. And so on ProBlogger, um, I do run some AdSense, but my main income from ProBlogger Pro is the affiliate program. So you see in the top um, right-hand corner, there's some a banner ad there, um, which rotates through different programs. And so for me, AdSense doesn't really convert that well on that blog. I think my readers are perhaps a little bit um, AdSense aware, they know what's an ad what's not and they don't really respond so well to it. Whereas affiliate programs because I've got a loyal readership who, uh, most of whom respect what I talk about and will take my advice, if I recommend a product uh, I tend to have a reasonably good take up on that. Whereas my digital photography sites um, are much more um, responsive to AdSense and uh, a few affiliate programs get picked up there as well but um, yeah, it really varies from blog to blog, and we're finding that over at B5 Media, we've got 150 blogs there, and it's just amazing to see the diversity of things that people respond to on those blogs. So yeah, it's it's really about sitting down and watching it over time, tracking results, and and then finding what's the best fit for each blog.
2: Now I know you're you're up there on the Technorati top list. I think you're within the top 50. Um,
4: yeah, it kind of goes up and down around the 50 mark. Yeah.
2: Yeah. When I first got in Technorati, I went way up really fast, and then as <clears throat> the course of time went along, I know they start to discount links and stuff like yeah. that. And then I noticed I got I'm somewhere around 150 now. But when I was in the top, I noticed that there was a lot of people writing to me, um, some some press and, and news agencies. I mean, do you do you get a lot of requests from those people? I
4: get a fair bit of um, email, but it's it's not so much from the press. Probably partly because I'm in Australia. Um, I think people probably see that, and I uh, think it's it's a bit too hard time zone wise and the long distance calls and everything. But yeah, I, do, I get a lot of emails from people um, just asking questions, wanting to do interviews, that type of stuff. But it's more on um, on blogs or websites than mainstream press.
3: Yeah.
2: Awesome. Andrea, how are the questions looking?
3: Um, from the chat room, uh, do your other blogs, uh, do you do tagging to bring in traffic and if so, which networks other than Technorati would you use?
4: Yeah, I've experimented a little with tagging um, but never really had much success with it um, and so I, I rarely do it. I've, I have one blogger who um, works on a couple of my blogs for me and she experiments with it from time to time. and. And she she sort of sits on the fence with it, but personally, I don't. I just don't see how it converts for me. It hasn't converted for me, so um, I tend to put my energy into things that work. And um, there's uh, so many so many different ways of approaching things. I, I just stick with what works. So yeah, tagging hasn't been big for me at all. I, I do ping um, services, and I find that that brings in some traffic. But um, yeah, no tagging.
2: One thing I noticed with with tagging that I thought maybe it could be useful is with google 's co op um, service if you if you were to generate lists based on the tag and then you know associate those in a, in a google co op feed, then you know it, all your users that subscribe to your co op would those would be included at the top of their search if, if it, anything was relevant to what you had on your blog but um i haven 't really seen anyone put out a decent plugin for that, and yeah. if I ever get time i 'm going to write one. But um, I don't know. Yeah, look,
4: I, I think that tagging was massive and it sort of exploded on the scene, but it's sort of been a bit stagnant recently. So I'd, yeah, I'm interested to see if some people could do some more creative things with it.
2: Do you just just jumping over a little bit? Do you think Technorati maybe dropped the ball a little bit? Like it seemed like they had such uh, tremendous momentum going, and they were teaming up with with newspapers and everything, and then they just almost uh, just really have been on a downhill slide lately.
4: Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of bloggers complaining just about not being indexed right. Um, I know they've always had uh, problems with that. But I, I just wonder whether the size of what they're trying to track is beyond them now. And uh, they've either got to get their their um, inner workings right or they've got to innovate. And um, I'm not sure what they're doing at the moment.
2: Right. I mean, I know, I know they've always had a lot of uh, really... Uh, it's hard to find the word to describe it, but it's just like, uh, you know, one time I found that they were using no-follow tags to all their internal links, and I, I emailed <laughs> one of their engineers and, and made him aware of it and emailed me back and was like, oh, thank you. We didn't realize that. And I, really? I just thought to myself, wow. You know, it's like they they realized there was a big spam problem, so they thought, well, we'll just give every link a no-follow tag, only they didn't yeah. realize that that also would apply to their internal links as well. So, yeah, yeah they sure. just do some silly things there. I just... I know they have enough funding. I think they just need to get some, some good technical resources and, and really get that thing rolling because, I mean, they, somebody's going to do a better job eventually. But anyway, <laughs> what else do we have there, Andrea?
3: Well, we actually do need to take our first break. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and let Eddie do his thing.
2: All right, everybody, we'll be back in
0: two minutes. Stick around. Net income on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this short break.
1: Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect, make more money, period.
0: Get more traffic-maximizing details now at friendfinder.com.
3: Marketing payouts lacking green, leaving you seeing red? Get your business in the black with NeverBlueAds.com. Sign up with NeverBlueAds.com today and earn an additional $200 for the first $200 generated. Get ready to flash those pearly whites with unique campaigns, real-time stats, great personal service, and high payouts on time every month from NeverBlueAds.com. Results for advertisers, income for affiliates. Everybody wins with a better marketing experience from NeverBlueAds.com.
0: Drop into the Webmaster chat room. WebmasterRadio.fm. Clothing is optional. WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine with net income on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, join your host as we bring on the bling, Jerry Shoemaker.
2: All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, you know, Darren, I was curious your... Take on uh, a lot of the paid posting services for bloggers. There's a you know paper post, review me, and and a new one from I know from the owners of TextLink Link Brokers just fired up one. So, what do you think about the future of those?
4: Yeah, look, I, I, I've stayed out of the debate uh, largely. Um, I don't have a problem with people um, doing sponsored posts. Um, and in fact, I think people have been doing it for quite some time already and the services now are just popping up around it and getting a lot of flack. Uh, what I do have the issue with is, like m- many bloggers, is uh, I guess the disclaimers around it and the transparency. So um, if, if I'm doing anything which I'm getting out, or something out of it, if I'm posting anything that I'll get something out of it, I always try to disc- put the disclaimer up. And I think that's just key. I think that's um, not only ethical, it's, it's just good practice if you want to build um, a readership that trusts you, um, and so I don't have an issue with with sponsored posts. I guess the other thing I would say is you want to pick reviews that are relevant to your content. I'm seeing a lot of bloggers putting in reviews for all kinds of stuff that that just is got nothing to do with their site at all. And I think that all that will do is annoy your regular readers. So yeah, I don't have a big issue with it. I don't know that um, all of those services will last, um, but you know good on them for trying. As long as they're transparent, I don't have an issue.
3: Hey, we yeah. do have a, a caller on the line. We've okay. got Drew with us. Hi, Drew. Uh, hi, Andrea. What's up?
2: I was actually uh, asking a question in the chat room, but uh, I wanted to know what you guys thought of uh, just a totally uh, new blog that I started, and I wanted to know about, prom- actually designed it for someone else, but I wanted to uh, know about some promotion tips for that, like best, best way to promote just brand new blog. And also, I'm actually using a Blogger, and I wonder if there's any. And thinking about switching to like to my own domain with uh, WordPress. I wonder what you thought about that.
4: Yeah, for me, right. I, I I started out on Blogger. Um, I didn't last too long on it. It was four years ago, so um, back then it was a fairly primitive tool. Um, these days, it, from what I've heard, it's it's a lot better. I would probably um, switch to your own standalone domain. I think that, that'll that um, be good in the long term for your blog, and I'd do it sooner than later, so you don't have too many problems with changing uh, of your domains over later. WordPress, to me, is um, the best tool on the market at the moment. I know there's a lot of blogger fans out there who um, will defend it, but um, I'm I'm much bigger on, on WordPress. Um, in terms of promoting it, Ultimately it's down to what goes up on the blog and your content and um, so what I do if I'm launching a new blog, I'll write 20 or 30 posts before I even launch um, and make them posts that are attractive, linkable, um, that will cause discussion, posts that are not newsy but they're actual solid cornerstone content. And then I'd release them every day or two over over the next month and uh, promote them to other sites which have the traffic that you're looking for. So for me, on my digital photography school, I uh, pitched my stories, my best stories, not all of them, to Lifehacker, um, because Lifehacker has a lot of technological sort of readers who. They're sort of at the beginning to intermediate stages, and I found that when Lifehacker linked to Digital Photography School, um, I picked up a lot of readers from, from that. Um, it also led on to links on Dig and Delicious and that type of stuff. So I think it's about finding two or three sites where your traffic is already residing, your potential traffic, and, and really becoming a part of that community and, and trying to leverage that without spamming them, of course. Right, right. Uh, what would you think are uh, the best way to find
2: relevant blogs?
4: Um, I, I use Technorati to do my research, um, I just use Google, you put in a, a topic and blog and you often will find them. Um, it's not always the same on the same topic as yours, like Lifehack is a fairly broad topic so um, that, that can be leveraged for a number of different technological sort of sites, but um, yeah look at Technorati, Technorati's top 50 or 100 and you'll find um, blogs that are doing pretty well. Um, it's just about. I think about being part of the blogosphere as well, and, and the more you're a part of it, the more you see what's working and what's not working, and, and the more you can sort of join in in those places.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Thanks for your call. Um, pretty much to to get back to your first question, I can't agree more. I think you should probably start with, with blogger or WordPress and one of those because it'll be a lot easier to to rank and and things like that right out of the gate than to start mm-hmm. your own domain. But but then as you start to create quality content and, and backlinks, you'll you'll probably want to implement more things um, along those lines as well, and, and you just can't do that with those hosts. So, um, yeah, ad- adjusting to your own host, your own system, would be the mm-hmm. uh, eventual goal. So, um, and also, you know, Darren, it, Darren, do it, you, before? I know we have another call on the line, but before we get to that, um, Darren, do you set up any alerts on Google for certain subjects for your blogs?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a number of them, probably 20 or 30 um Four or five for each blog that I write. So I'm a pro blogger. I've got alerts for AdSense, you know, affiliate program, that type of thing. Um, yeah, digital photography. Obviously, digital camera. Sure. Um, digital camera review, that type of stuff. Yeah.
2: I know. I. I'm um, getting
4: emailed all day.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. I basically I, I do the same things, and and I, it started with me because I would write a post, and um, <clears throat> a guy who I kind of um, well, I keep up with what he's doing is Jason Calcanis. And every yep. time I would mention him in a post, he would comment within yeah. 10 minutes. And I was like, How is this guy doing this? And this is when I first started my blog. And I was like, mm-hmm. Does he read my blog? You know, how does he. And, and then uh, a friend said, No, he's just probably got a, a Google alert set up in, in Google blog search. So then I started yeah. setting up some alerts to keep track of things. And uh, also, uh, I even set up like some Wall Street Journal has uh, alerts you can set up for industry news on. On certain things like that with Google and and, and Yahoo and mm-hmm. that, so yeah, so yeah, those are. I think, I think it's those essential,
4: are, and I think it's essential to keep track of what other people are saying about you too. You won't always want to comment, but um, it it it's amazing what you find, <laughs> and it's amazing yeah. um, when you how much you'll find other people using your content as well because you refer to yourself in your posts. Yeah. I quite often, find people using pro blogger stuff because I use the word pro blogger, and I have an alert for it.
2: Yeah. All right, so we have a caller, another caller online. Dal, are you with us? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yeah. What's your question? First, okay, actually, it's a two-part question. My first one is, Is what? do you have any litmus tests or any indicators you use to know when you should break off a blog as a separate blog or if it should be like a subcategory and a, a, a topic? And is there any tools that you use that you recommend outside of the search engines to find new niches or things that you look for that kind of determine... Uh, when it's time to uh, create a blog for it if you're interested in that subject.
4: Sure. Um, I'm a fairly intuitive guy and so for me, a lot of it's hunches, um, so digital photography school for me, it was, it was just a hunch that I thought, I've got traffic, people are interested in cameras, um, what if I started writing about tips, that was just a logical flow on and so I broke that those two topics apart into two separate blogs. Um, on other blogs, yeah, I guess I, I look at a lot of offline stuff. I, I watch a lot of television while I'm blogging, um, read a lot of newspapers, a lot of magazines. Um, so I find a lot of a lot of my ideas comes from offline sources, from conversations. Um, in terms of when to split them up, I actually listen to my readers a fair bit too. Um, I first got into blogging for um, for money around the time that people started complaining on my personal blog that I was writing about too many topics. And uh, the topics that people started complaining about I split off into other individual blogs and I think that worked quite well. But, yeah, I don't really have a a set process for that. It's more of a hunch and just being really aware and and watching what's going on in the wider wider culture.
3: A related question to that that we had in the chat room, what you kind of just said was about, you know, posting how many posts per day. Um, There was a question, how many posts per day is too many?
4: I think it really varies from blog to blog. So on ProBlogger, I know that my readership can cope with about six posts a day at the maximum. But if I did that every day of the week, I would start getting complaints. Um, Whereas a a blog like Gizmodo is pumping out 20 or 30 posts a day. Um, Because they're short and because their readership is just, thirsty for information on gadgets, um, they seem to get away with it. Um, on Digital Photography School, I post once a day and only five days a week. Um, so it really depends on your readership, depends on your topic, depends on your energy level and the type of post that you're writing. So if you're writing the cornerstone pieces that are sort of big, solid pieces, you, you'll only be able to pump out one or two um, perhaps a day uh, maximum if you've got a, a lot of time. Whereas if you're doing newsy pieces, it's pretty easy to pump out a lot. So at my peak, I was probably doing 30 to 40 posts a day across all my different blogs. These days, I probably am lucky to put out five.
2: I try to do uh, just two to three. Um, if yeah. if I mean, and that's on a good day. And I just try not to force anything. Um, yeah. and I recently just, just started organizing like uh, I decided every Monday I'm just going to take a random question that I get emailed and answer mm-hmm. it and so right. uh, that seemed to work yesterday and then I was thinking on Tuesdays I was just going to do you know kind of one post and and I think if you can do something like that for each day of the week and just kind of get a set schedule that knocks out one post and, and just I always tell people just don't force anything because it will right. come out bad I mean it just will so,
4: Have you seen um, the 103b uh, metrics program? I haven't. They they've got one that it's sort of search engine analysis, and they've got uh, a new feature they've just put on there, which analyzes the questions that people are plugging into search engines that end up on your site. Um, so you you end up with this list of hundreds of questions that people are asking, which I think make a great you know list of, of possible topics for your blog. So. Um, oh yeah if you're struggling for topics um put that on your blog and you'll come up with with hundreds
2: <laughs> yeah i think they actually were an advertiser of ours weren't they andrea yeah
3: it's 103 com. Yeah.
2: yeah they advertised on shoe money so i should have known that <laughs> but but yeah they're uh it, it, i saw that too i think i saw it on your blog where actually somebody analyzed oh. and and picked up all his uh questions that had been asked so yeah that's right excellent all right, do uh, do we have another caller on the line? Neo, what's up? Hey, Jeremy, nice to talk to you. You too. Uh, I just had a quick question. What are you using to monetize your RSS feeds if you are at this point?
4: Sure, I'm using two different um, companies at the moment, testing them out. Um, text, links, t- text Link ads um, have their feedvertising, I think it's called, which I have on ProBlogger's feed at the moment. Um, that's done quite well for me, although at the moment I think I've got some spare slots, so it's, it's perhaps its launch um, caused a bit bit higher advertiser take up than um, it will end up with. And the other one is feed burners, um, advertising I'm am one of the lucky few who actually got onto that network. Um, I find both actually converting quite well, um, better than um, AdSense's RSS system. I found that I mean, if I was lucky, a dollar a day, um, but both of the others are yeah, hundreds hundreds a month. No, still not as good as you. other sources of thank income, but uh, it's actually on the improve. I think.
2: I think with with certain niche blogs, especially in the industry like affiliate marketing or or even your area as well, um, hmm. you can often find that direct advertising might be the best That's way true. to go. It's just when you when you can hook up with those people. So
4: and it, it's the same on site advertising as well. I find that as the site grows, I rely less and less on AdSense. And sort of the network ads, and and just do deals, sell exclusive ads across the net uh, across a site with a, a private advertiser. And I find that's much more it's easier, um, and you you can make more that way as well. Once you're at that certain size.
2: Right. And I noticed you run the ad for uh, SEO Book up at the yeah. top. Is that is that just an affiliate, or is that like direct pay placement?
4: That's an affiliate. Yeah.
2: Awesome. And hmm. um, I know you used to be a really big fan of Chitika. Do you still um, oh, run sure. with that?
4: They'd, they'd be my biggest earner at the moment um, apart from private advertising uh, that they, they do really well on my product sites on my digital camera sites they they really um, do very well they and they're, some of their newer products as well have, have gone quite well they've got the shop link now which is a, a shop that you can put on your domain that converts quite well for me it has a very high click through rate um, but yeah they, they work quite well and I think they they obviously had some problems when they launched um, with some of the auditing that they did and their reliability, but i found they've become quite a stable and reliable earner for me.
2: Yeah, and um, I think they probably do well with the more niche blogs, but I think there some products um, coming out that might do them in, like uh, shoe money ads, auction ads that might be coming out soon. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But um, let's go ahead and take a break on that uh, note. So we'll be back in about two minutes, everybody.
0: Stick around. Net income on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this short break.
1: Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with Paper Post. The consumer generated advertising network, our powerful network of bloggers at Paperpost will creatively expose your product or service through original link generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through Paperpost. Visit paperpost.com and join the revolution. Viva la revolution know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar click yeah ever since we began marketing with more precise content target technology from click we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one third of a cent per view to get over 300 categories unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites click on click today that's click S-O-R.com. your bottom line will thank you clicksore.com delivers where it matters for you
0: Warning, listening to webmasterradio.fm daily may cause webmaster insomnia and an increase in your company's profits. Webmasterradio.fm. Stay up with us all night long. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine with net income on webmasterradio.fm. Now, join your host as we bring on the bling. Jeremy Shoemaker.
2: All righty, getting back to it. So, Darren, I wanted to ask you what's your opinion of some of these widgets we're seeing for blogs, like my blog Log, some of the other things.
4: Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of widgets from a design perspective. Um, I clutter my sidebars enough without them. Um, but in terms of the, I guess there's a lot of potential in that type of thing, with um, especially for new sites trying to get a foothold trying to establish your profile as a blogger, I could see I can see why people are getting into it, but my worry with it, and I've seen a couple of bloggers in the last week who just seem to be obsessed with um, my blog blog. Um, and I think one of the dangers of blogging is that you can become obsessed with so many things, and and really to be successful as a blogger, you need to keep the balance. So I've seen a lot of bloggers getting obsessed with design, others getting obsessed with um, SEO. Um, add, add, add optimization, um, the networking stuff, their metrics, um, writing link bait, all this kind of stuff. And, and really, they can end up doing everything but write quality content on their site. And so, get yeah, get into it, play with it, but um, don't make it your primary focus, is, is what I'd say.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I often am accused of of link baiting, but it's often just my nature. I mean, I'm just, I'm really not, I mean... <laughs> I, my blog is not my primary business, it's just something I, I mean, I started to vent, I mean, it's just, I started it in, in venting and just, you know, kind of my daily log about how I learned how to do stuff, and recently I, I kind of gave a little rant about search engine optimization and how I, I thought a lot of it was uh, kind of bull crap, and, you know, 95% of it was pretty, pretty elementary, and the other 5% was the magic juice, and, and I kind of got railed a bit by these old school guys, and... And um, they're probably right. I mean, they're in a much better position than me to, to judge, but that's basically my view from what I've learned, which is kind of my whole blog is just I write it down as I kind of learn it. And it's yeah. I'm not often saying this is the way it is. I'm just saying, hey, this is what I've learned so far. So,
3: I'm Kind of on, on topic with that, Darren, do you use any, like, keyword analysis when maybe coming up with some topics to blog about?
4: Yeah, that 103B site, I use that um, on a, probably a weekly basis just to look at what people have been searching for, um, what are the hot pages and where they come from, what what search engine. But yeah, look, I'm probably putting less and less time into SEO. I think that type of stuff is just good to know um, and it's good to draw on when you've got a bit of spare minute but uh, for me, I'm just spending more and more time writing and uh, Less and less on that stuff. I find it looks after itself. But, yeah, if I'm starting a new blog, I'll definitely um, do a little bit of analysis and look at what people are paying for ads, that type of stuff. But, yeah, it's more, it's more just on what I'm interested in these days. If I start a new blog, it's, it's generally something that I want to write about.
2: Definitely. All right, we should probably get back to some of the questions that were, that were posed on the blog. Uh, Andrew, do you want to pick up where we left off?
3: Um, sure, I can certainly do that. Um,
2: I, can just, I can just toss one out. It says, uh, Darren, mm-hmm. how many hours per day or week would you say you spend on your blogs? Uh, it's always embarrassing
4: to answer this question. Um, ah. <laughs> I'd I probably at my peak was spending 8 to 12 hours actually blogging a day. Um, these days, since we started B5 Medium, I guess my role has gone less from actual writing more to managing other bloggers. Um, so we have a network now of 80 or 90 bloggers there and um, you know it's, it's about training them, it's about coaching them and encouraging them and um, linking them up with each other and that type of stuff. So I'm spending more and more of my, of my time on that and less on, on actual blogging. But look, I, once I went full-time, I treated it as a full-time job and uh, I think as I spent more time on it, the, the results sort of showed for that, they went up in terms of earnings as I spent more time on it. So, yeah, I would say to people, if you're going to go full-time, you want to have a an income already to back it up. But, um, yeah, I, I'd probably think eight hours a day is too much um, to, to be able to pump out creative, original content.
2: Yeah, and also I can't tell you how many people, I'm just looking through some of the, the comments and questions and also emails that I received, so many people just say how inspirational you are you know, and getting them started and, and getting them going and earning extra income and, and stuff like that. So so that's got to be good to hear.
4: Yeah, I, I, it's amazing how those emails come through just when you need it. And uh, I, I have a really supportive readership who do let me know that type of stuff. They let me know when things don't work out as well and when what I did wrong. But, um, yeah, it's it's amazing how many people seem to have um, heard something of my story and, and found something in it for themselves. It's been great. And, and that's what really keeps me going at Pro Blogger. That's what I love about it the most. That's
2: great. So uh, one of the recent questions that was posed in the channel was, um, can you ask Darren what the best tools are for keeping out comment spam? Oh. And he on actually a, on specifically asked, yeah,
3: asked non-wordpress for
2: non-WordPress, or. but I mean, I don't know how much experience you have with non-WordPress.
4: Yeah, I'm, I, I, I. I only use WordPress these days. I use movable type on a couple of my blogs, but look for me, Akismet is probably the thing that I rely on the most. Um, it's been a little less reliable for me lately, but that's just due to the massive numbers of comment spam that um, gets thrown at ProBlogger. I think they told me the other day, I'm number two blog out there for comment spam that they're tracking. Um, wow. So it does get a few false positives from time to time, but you know it's knocking out tens of thousands of comment spams a week. For me correctly, so that's that's what I use uh, I know others using bad behavior and spam karma, but I think they're WordPress as well um, yeah, to be honest, I'm just not familiar enough with the other options out there, but I think it goes across different platforms
2: it does, and um I know they're they're putting in more and more stuff and and we actually had Matt mullenweg on last week as our guest,
3: so oh, that was
2: that was yeah that was really interesting and um and he talked about how they were porting it over to. You know, they were looking at actually implementing a plug-in for mail systems as well as forums and, and other things like that. So wow, I, I was looking correct. at some of their statistics today on a Kismet, and it was saying something like 90, I thought it was 96% of all comments are spam.
4: Yeah.
2: So on WordPress blogs. Now that's, wow. th- that's pretty amazing.
4: <laughs> that's um, crazy. It is. And that's, that's about the, the ratio I'm getting on my blog.
2: Yeah, I, I've actually developed some tools in house that I was going to release in a plug-in, Again, something on the to-do list, but that actually—and I think I, I commented on one of, of your posts—that actually would stop it before it actually even reached a Kismet just because so many of the spam things—they don't use a refer, they don't—you know—they don't come from your blog. They actually just post directly to the comment. So yeah. there's a few, a few little tricks and stuff like that. I think somebody could, somebody could release some of those plugins.
4: Yeah, but, I think um, some people are using... Uh, I think it's bad behavior like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's bad behavior. And they, yeah, they're filtering it out before it hits a Kismet and seem to be getting good results with it.
2: Yeah, I, I actually was, was blacklisted on a Kissmet because I had that wonderful idea of try to outrank me for shoe money. <laughs> Everybody spammed every blog and used shoe money as the target tag. And so as soon as they would unban me, it would be rebanned and... So eventually, now um, after talking with Matt and stuff, they've actually whitelisted it. So, but I mean, I couldn't even comment. Um, it would be funny because I would I would make a a reference on my blog to another post, and it would it would flag it as spam in a kiss because it contained com. So, yeah, that was, <laughs> we
4: learn these lessons, don't we? <laughs>
2: boy, yeah, that was that was a, a fun, painful lesson, but but that's over. But yeah, I am I am now okay and and able to to do that. But but I mean, that's just part of it. So.
3: You know, I definitely, uh, I really want to kind of talk to Darren about the future of blogging um, after we take our next break. So we'll go ahead and go to break. I've got some
0: questions. Stick around. Net income on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back after this short break.
1: Want traffic? Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat-fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the isedn.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding and hassles with low-cost top-ten exposure for For less less than $4 a month from isedn. So visit isedn.org today and discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the isadn.org are you getting the most out of your online advertising
0: now get more from your media spend with superior real-time targeting and creative optimization technology. Get more now from Casali Media. Casali Media. Save big as Casali Media's ad experts place your premium campaigns across the web's hottest properties at the most competitive rates. Want more? Get, get more. Visit casalimedia.com slash more to request your media kit. Kasali Media. Advertising online
1: is better here. Casali Media. <laughs>
0: It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine with net income on webmasterradio.fm. Now, join your host as we bring on the blink, Jerry Shoemaker.
2: All right, welcome back. We did have a, a great question in the chat room, which basically said, uh, you know, if you could submit to one of the social networkings and, and be on the front page, what would it be? Would it be dig, flash dot, newswire, delicious, stumbled upon, you know, one of those?
4: Um, I think just for pure traffic, Dig is sending more to me than anything else. But um, in usable traffic, I would say I'd rather be on a um, another blog, to be honest. I find the Dig traffic is very come and go. It's very hard to convert into loyal repeat readers, which is what I'm more interested in. Um, so I'd rather get on... TechCrunch or Lifehacker or some someone like that who has a, a blog readership who will subscribe to your RSS feed and and stick around. But if I was to just pick uh, purely a social bookmarking site, it'd probably be Dig or or Reddit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I mean, from a out of all those, I would probably say StumbleUpon probably yeah. sends the most traffic. If you can, like I wrote one thing about. Ten ways to use a uh, well basically how uh, different queries that you can do on Google code that shows exploits and stuff like that and and it, it got nailed on stumble upon and that still accounts for uh, that 's been almost two weeks since I made that post it still accounts for twenty percent of the of the new traffic to my site, even though that 's been two weeks so
4: that, that 's totally true and uh, the longevity of their their bookmarks are great, and I find um, I don't know, the stumble-upon traffic seems to convert better as well from what I, I've seen in terms of advertising, like Dig. Dig, it doesn't convert, but, um, but some of those other sites do, yeah.
3: Right, you
4: know,
3: I re- I'm sorry, I recently you know, came across spicypage.com, which is kind of a, a new bookmarking-type site. It's kind of like a dig for, for websites. And have you had a chance to look at that one yet? Yeah, I
4: had a look this morning. Um I think there's there's going to be an increasing amount of these clones of dig out there and uh it'll be interesting to see I suspect they'll they'll um come up around different verticals. Um so I think Spicy looked like it was across lots of different topics, but I think probably a more effective way to go if you're developing a site like that was to would be to do it around a, a particular niche or or um Topic somehow I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think those bookmarking sites are great if if they have the type of traffic that you want or you need for your site. Um, but the key is is converting the traffic that comes in from them into loyal readers, and that's. So if I get on Dig, for instance, um, as soon as I notice that, I will put a link in the post that everyone's coming to, um, promoting my newsletter, promoting my RSS feed, um, and a couple of related posts at the end to send them deeper into the site, whereas I see a lot of bloggers getting on Dig and they celebrate the, the 10,000 readers that come in per hour and, and then tomorrow their, their blog's exactly the same as it was in terms of readership. You've got to think strategically about how can you convert those who are interested in your topic into becoming um, readers tomorrow and the day after because that's where, that's where your site will actually grow in terms of um, in its longevity and sustainability.
2: I think I think that's a huge tip. Um, I, I see people get on Dig, and once they're on the front page of Dig, they throw up this, or or they throw up two big fat ads and squares. You know that cover basically until you get to the bottom. And and I always say to people, you know that that's going to be okay for that one day that you're on Dig, but you know it's you're really and I and I say this in pretty much any presentation or seems like I've been saying a lot of shows, but with contextual advertising and stuff like that, you're, only, you're really selling yourself short because you only get paid if they leave your page. Mm. So, so basically you're, you sell yourself short for somebody who could be coming back again and again and again. So it's, I think you make a great point about you, know, you, you have to determine what's your goal. And if your goal is, you know, is just to send people off somewhere else and make two cents, then fine. But if your goal is to, is to get a lawyer re- readership and, uh, and a community type, uh, basically a, a loyal uh, following, then, you know, you want to retain those users when you do write a, a, great, a great topic. So I think, I think that's an excellent point. Hmm. All right. Well, we,
3: we've got a caller. We have Voodoo Man on the line. Are you with Is
2: us? Your, uh, Mr. Yes, Voodoo I'm Man, doing. we're doing great. How are you? Good, good. Um, I have a question for Darren. Um, just recently,
0: he was on the front page of DIG, and I, I imagine he got tons of traffic did that really convert well? Um, it
4: convert in what sense? In terms of income? Yes,
0: exactly, income.
4: Yeah, it didn't really. Uh, but I think generally, and occasionally it's different, but generally my income might go up 10% on a dig day, which is, uh, I mean, my traffic quadruples. So it doesn't really convert. And, uh, you know, like, Jeremy's just been saying that's not my goal with with Dig these days. I, I went through that phase of putting an extra ad on on posts like that, but yeah, like you said, it's more about the um the you know that the two percent of those who come in you'll want to try and capture those and and bring them back tomorrow.
2: I see. Thank you. Uh, thanks very much for your call. No problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. So getting to uh, some of the other questions here, we had. um... Well, let's see, Darren, what would you say is a healthy amount of traffic or backlinks for a blog to grow by monthly? Boy, that's a... <laughs> uh,
4: I sound like a broken record, but it's going to depend on your blog. Um, and personally, I don't go for goals like that. My goals when I start a new blog are at least one unique and useful post per day, um, getting to know a new blogger in my niche each week, um, identifying one of my loyal readers, even if there's only 10, that might contribute a post to my site each week or um, writing posts that get more commented upon than previously. Those type of things are my goals and I think as that happens, the traffic and the incoming links happen. Um, I do do want to see my traffic grow and I do want to see the incoming links, but they are byproducts of my true goals and, and what I think um, a good, solid, sustainable blog is built upon. I know that that's a bit of a cop-out answer, but I just don't, I just don't get into some of those, those metrics that I think others do.
2: Um, no, I think, that's a, I think that's a great answer. Uh, Dell also uh, asked a question. He said, uh, Darren, do you put link condoms on your outgoing links, uh, basically the no-follow tag."
4: Um, not on my actual blogs. I think I haven't got around to taking no follow off my comments yet. I think it's just on default. Um and just because of the massive amounts of comment spam that I do get, they do they are on it and I think I'll I'll keep them there for the the foreseeable future. But in my actual blogs, no, I just just I'm happy to send some juice out. I think it it comes back
2: to me uh down the track. Sure. Um, Andrea, do we have anything else here?
3: Um, I actually wanted to ask Darren, since I'm getting into it now on planetandrea.com, little link uh, shout out there for myself, but um, I'm getting on video blogging, and I just wanted to ask Darren if he thinks that's kind of where the future of blogging might be going. Um, I'm starting a couple sites with it, and um, if there's going to be anything that you might try in the future with video blogging.
4: Yeah, I'll I actually checked out one of your blogs the other day and I, I liked your video blogging, I think it actually, I don't know, the times I've put video on ProBlogger, I've had a massive response from readers. Um, something about seeing the face, hearing the voice, um, seeing the facial expressions actually seems to bring the blog alive. Um, I just don't have time to put it all together. So, But I think it, it's definitely something that more and more people will experiment with. I wrote a post the other day about how blogs will merge with other types of websites this year, and it's already been happening, so video on a blog, um, audio, um, job boards, forums, and seeing blogs look more like websites or portals. That type of stuff. I think we'll we'll see more and more fuzziness around what is and what isn't a blog. And some people will have a massive debate over that, and the rest of us will just get on with it and make it work.
2: Awesome. <clears throat> and one thing I I had written down here that I wanted to personally ask you was, what's your what's your take on the whole text link ads, text link brokers? You know, basically selling. Uh, Ads uh, in a text format on your blog.
4: Yeah, I I do it on some of my blogs, not on others. Um, I haven't seen any adverse reaction to this point um, on my own search rankings. Um, yeah, I think it's a it's a. I mean, I'm hearing from a lot of smaller bloggers that it's their major source of income. Um, they they get no traffic, so that AdSense doesn't convert, but they over time build a page rank and are able to sell, you know, two or $300 a month worth of text link ads. So, yeah, I, I actually think it's a it's a legitimate thing for, for people. I do worry down the track how Google's going to react to it. Um, sure. But in the meantime, it doesn't seem to be affecting me adversely at all.
2: I think uh, the, the few times I've heard it at panels, you know, at, at various conferences and the experts, you know, and all that, and even the search engine people, it seems they all kind of their consensus is that as long as they're relevant, even if they're mm. paid placement, as long as they're relevant, it should be okay, like, uh, mm. you know, as long as they're within the same industry. So, yeah. I mean, take that for what it's worth. I think a lot of times they do a lot of grandstanding, and there's not a whole lot they can do about it, to be honest. I mean, I know very, very prominent sites. I know Barry Schwartz at, at Search Engine Roundtable, you know, had, had uh, text link ads for a long time, um, and never mm. never suffered any penalty, and also some of the other things like uh, Digital Point Co-op and stuff that surgeons say, you know, we'll, we'll smoke you out in a minute for. But, um, mm. yeah, his site is PR8, and, you know, one of the most authoritative sites there are. So, um, exactly. yeah, I guess uh, now would also be a good time to announce uh, Darren will also be a partner of ours for the next Elite Retreat in San Francisco. So yeah. we're we're really happy to announce that.
3: And, and that um, is going to be on March 19th and 20th at eliteretreat.info.
2: Yep, and we will we will have the application page up very shortly for that. And um, everybody, thanks for listening in. Darren, do you have any last words? It's already been an hour. I can't believe the time has gone so fast.
4: I know, it's, uh, it always flies by when you do this type of thing. Now I just think I'd, I'd love to hear from people and drop into ProBlogger. And if you've got some more questions, um, I've probably already answered them on a post. I'd be happy to point you in, in the right direction towards something I've already written or write something for you.
2: All right, well, thank you very, very much for being our guest. I'm sure this, the podcast will be downloaded many, many times. I know there was a lot of interest in this, and I'm, and I'm glad we could work it out and get you on here. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week.